Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. And today we're going to talk about, you've had the interview, what happens next? The aftermath. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. So it's like you've talked to the recruiter, you've met with the team, you thought it went well, you're not sure, what do you do? And You, You think they like you. You think they really, really like you. And you like them. You really, really like them. But you have no idea what's going on, and it's really hard to wait, and you just want to have decisions made, and you don't like holding on, and you don't want to be obnoxious and annoying. So what to do? So we want to talk today about how you handle the post-interview, sometimes day, sometimes week, sometimes longer. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the questions that comes up quite a bit, assumptions that people have about the time that they think it's appropriate for people to loop back with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a friend, really close friend who's going through a job search right now. So I've been kind of doing some one-on-one work with her. So she'll have an interview on Wednesday or Thursday. And by Friday, it's already starting to to get anxious and thinking that they should have looped back with her by now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the process moves fast. Sometimes the process moves slow. 90% of the time, it has nothing to do with the candidate. No, I have a client right now. I have three awesome candidates sitting in their inbox and I've sent reminders and they're not. And so I'm sending things to the candidate saying, I let you know as soon as I do and blah, 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 blah. And it's, I haven't forgotten about you, but you know what? Sometimes I do forget that that's, that is the place where I will forget about you when I've submitted you and I'm waiting to hear back. And I, I, we've said a million times, I try really hard. Mm -hmm. I know you try really hard, Mm -hmm. but that's where they get lost. Cause in your head, they're with the hiring manager. Yeah. They're in the process and you're waiting and you're waiting. And that's where, you know, if you're a recruiter, a weekly meeting with a hiring manager is incredibly helpful. Sometimes as an outside resource, that's hard. That's a totally different topic. But let's talk about what you as a candidate can do to try to move things forward. So Kat, right after the interview, what do you do? Thank you, emails or notes to everyone you met. Absolutely. That's the first thing. What if you don't know their email? Email is perfectly fine, but when I get a handwritten note these days, it's so rare. I remember those. I remember them more than the emails. So if you don't have the emails, the recruiter should have them for you. Mm -hmm. And if the recruiter is not a decent recruiter, quote, generally, most companies have a switchboard, right? And you can call in and get it that way. You can also sleuth around on the internet and figure out, you know, most companies have a formula for emails, but I would start with your recruiter. The recruiter can't help you see if you can get a live person at the company. You can try to send a message on LinkedIn, try to connect to them on LinkedIn and say, oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Let's say I just interviewed with Kat and I can't find her email. I might send her a LinkedIn invite with with a message. You know how it always says, add a note and say, Mm -hmm. hi, Kat, it was so great to meet with you today. I'm really interested in Jigsaw Solutions. Hope to hear from you soon or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and frankly, make it a little more personal than that. Sure. That shows that you are engaged. Mention my cats or dogs and, you know, you're going to get another, a, another gold star from me. You're in, but that's another way to get someone. If you're not going the corporate route, maybe it's, it's the handwritten note or it's the email if you can do it, but try to say thank you. And worst case scenario, you can tell the recruiter, here's my notes for everybody. Mm -hmm. They have to be a really bad recruiter if they don't forward those. Yeah. But speaking of recruiter, you also want to loop back with the recruiter, whether your recruiter is an internal or an external recruiter Mm -hmm. and let them know your thoughts. Yeah. And you can absolutely do it in email. Hey, just want to touch base with you. This is how the interview went from my perspective. I remain more interested. Or it's also a time if, if something came up, if maybe a red flag came up for you in the interview, because remember, you're interviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. This would be a time to say, hey, I'm, I'm a little curious about this. Can you find out more about this for me? A hundred percent. I got an email today from a candidate. This went, it was great. Can't wait to hear next steps. That's all it said. Wonderful. That's all you need to say, really. That's it. But if you have questions, if you have concerns, you can always call that recruiter and ask them at that juncture. But let them know what you thought so that they can tell the team, Mm -hmm. hey, Kat was really excited. She can't wait for next steps. That's a touch point for the recruiter to touch back. But it's also, hey, Kat was a little worried that this is Mm -hmm. not a 40-hour week job, but an 80-hour week job. Can we clarify that you know, they're not going to be fully responsible for everything in the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. whatever. Clarify your expectations around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Liz, what do you recommend if the interview went pretty well, but what if someone kind of didn't feel comfortable with their answers to a question or two? How do you navigate that with your candidates? If they come to me and they're like, I screwed up. What do I do? I will tell them, own it. Like mm-hmm. as soon as possible, go pull over on the side of the road, get your phone out, send the email of what you wish you'd said. Mm-hmm. Dear hiring manager, dear Joe Schmo that I met with that I, I, you know, I've been thinking ever since we talked about your question and I hate my answer. Mm-hmm. And upon reflection. I wish I had said this, this, and this. I was nervous because I'm excited about this opportunity. And this is what I, you know, when given a moment, this is what I think. Honestly, if someone did that interviewing with me, I would probably hire them on the spot because I'd be like, wow, they're thoughtful. They're reflective. As long as their second answer wasn't completely (laughs) garbage, then I probably would not hire them. Mm -hmm. But I... I mean, it's a wonderful quality to be self-reflective and it's a wonderful quality to be thoughtful and it's a wonderful quality to admit when you make a mistake. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying upon further reflection, I'd like to add this. I hope you'll accept it. Thanks so much. I remain super interested, blah, blah, blah. Or when you ask me for an example of how I had managed a tough person, you know, I came up with the example I gave you, but I I realized that... That was a brain fart kind of answer. No, you don't want to say that, but, but, (laughs) but, uh, but say what you think, right? Yeah. Come in with your revised answer and nothing wrong with that. Or you asked me about global experience. I said I didn't have any, but then I remembered I used to manage someone who's in Japan. Yeah, exactly. If a hiring manager doesn't receive that well, again, that's good feedback for you because you want to work for a manager who who knows how to give and receive feedback Absolutely. and who, who knows how to take feedback and 
who values someone who is thoughtful, which is who you are as a candidate. Hopefully. Yes. Be human. Be yourself. I mean, it. do you. You're the only you that you have and no one else can do you like you can do you. And you want them to hire you, not fake you. Fake you. Mm-hmm. Not as easy to be 40 hours a week, yep. every week. So During the interview, before the interview, after the interview, be you and be human. It's more relatable than anything else. Absolutely. Okay. So it's done. You've done everything you can. You sent your thank yous. You fixed that one question you totally missed. Now what, Kat? Now it's part of a waiting game. And the best advice I can give you is keep breathing and be patient. Mm -hmm. You're in the game until you're told you're not in the game. So, so keep looking, be patient, follow up with the recruiter every week. If they're not keeping you in the loop, it's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Chances are, if, if you haven't heard back from the recruiter, they're waiting from the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And so many hiring managers are navigating multiple, multiple priorities and often the important, but not urgent things fall. And often recruiting falls into that quadrant of important, but not Mm -hmm. urgent. So you just follow up weekly, but don't stop looking. Or it was just one opportunity and a one-off thing and you're kind of happy in your job. Take that as a sign. Fate is a beautiful thing. And so sometimes you may not hear and that may be what needs to happen in that moment. But Kat said something that I think is really important. You follow up weekly and that's all you can do. Sometimes you'll get a note. I send a note today like, oh gosh, we're waiting. We're we're really making sure we define the role right. And the CEO and, and the hiring manager are meeting in the middle of next week. I'll get back to you in a week. I'm so sorry. It is what it is. Okay. Well, then he knows. And it stinks because that guy has been very patient and I appreciate his patience, but it's all I can do. Well, and patience is a good skill to develop in your professional career. Let's say you're not in a current role or you're in a current role that you're hating and you've, but you're, you're biting the bullet and trying to follow our advice and you're trying to keep the job that you have while you search for another job because You're a more attractive candidate when you're working, okay? Even if the job seems like the most perfect job in the world for you, do your best not to put all of your eggs in that basket. No. Keep on searching. Keep on talking to other people. Keep on doing the networking. Push yourself to get out there and meet new people. Also, I mean... There's something to be said for if you know someone else at the company, turn them into your mole. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ways you can use your friends in companies to help you through the job search process. And But at this point in the waiting game, maybe the rec got put on hold and the hiring manager is fighting with someone to get it off hold. You have no idea, but your mole might find out. Mm -hmm. And so if you know someone there, someone from a past job or whatever, you can always call them. They're a great person to call anyway to say, what's it really like to work there? Is this the true deal? Tell me about the culture. Tell me about the culture. What's this group like? 
Use your resources when you're investigating a job. You are in charge of your destiny, your career, and you need to do the research to figure out if it's right for you. That being said, having a mole that can figure out what's going on, quite helpful at this point in the process. Putting jobs on hold, that happens more often than one might think. So it's kind of part of the process sometimes. Because often companies are really, they'll open the jobs and then before they commit to that salary and that person, they pause. Do we really need this? Was this, should we hire a contractor? What? So they pause for a minute and they debate and that has nothing to do with you. I think when I think of the takeaway of this icky part of the process or what can be an icky part of the process, it goes back to telling you all that it probably isn't you. There are a lot of factors outside of you and it so feels so personal, but it's probably not personal. It's one of the four agreements. Don't take things personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really good practice to, to work with. It is. Because it can make a big difference when you can free yourself of thinking that everything is about you. <laughs> but also if they're saying, well, we're not sure if you have enough experience in this area. Well, at the end of the day, that's not about you either. No. Because you don't have it and you can't magically get it. And maybe you can get it in the next six months for the next opportunity, but you can't get it today. So if what you've got on the, that's on the table today isn't what they need today, still not about you, even though that feels awful. Mm-hmm. I think that's just really good advice. I know we keep on saying it, but it, we're underscoring to try to keep yourself in an even keel as possible and just it's a wave that you're riding. This job search can be full of ups and downs. And especially at this point in the process, especially when you're excited about an opportunity. So Liz, how many times should they follow up? It's hard to know. So I would say follow up weekly. Yeah, that's my. And see what you get back. Mm -hmm. I would say do not follow up more than twice if you're not hearing back. If they're ghosting you, Mm -hmm. they're ghosting you. I think that stinks. I hate when recruiters ghost people. I both of us can't stand people who work that way. That's not that's not how we strive to work, but it happens. And as I said earlier, people fall through the cracks. Usually not at this point in the process, but but they do fall through the cracks. But if you reach out and say, "Hey, just checking in," and someone's not getting back to you, I. I, I wouldn't do that more than twice, right? You, no. I mean, give them, give someone the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. check, check in once, mm-hmm. and then if they don't loop back, wait a week. Don't, do not reach out the next day. Mm-mm. Who knows who's out? I mean, Mm-mm. they might just be waiting. I mean, a good person is going to say, hey, so-and-so is on vacation. I'm going to loop back with you on the 14th, yeah. but do not follow up every day. I've seen people who were highly considered for a role who didn't have the emotional intelligence enough to be patient mm-hmm. and they, they drove themselves out of a job op- offer because of the way they acted here. So we're giving you this advice because it's good advice. Well, and frankly, this is where you really listen because we've seen people lose offers a lot in this point in the process. So 
Why does that happen? Because of behavior, because people kind of let that guard down and let their interview persona wear off and they get the real and they get pushy, demanding. Why haven't you, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa do I want to work with this kind of person? So, and also remember, you know, at certain points, people are checking references and doing other things that are behind the scenes that maybe your reference took a while to get back. You, you just don't know. But I would say check in weekly feels right. Or when they say, if they mm -hmm. say, I'll get back to you on the 15th, then on the 16th, Hey, I didn't hear from you. You know, just checking in, making sure everything's okay. 16th or 17th. Don't do it right on the 15th. Give um, them the opportunity. Because they may have checked in with the hiring manager on the 15th and they didn't get back. Mm -hmm. And so they're waiting. I also think that this is an opportunity to be creative, but you have to really walk that creative, I'm interesting, you want to work with me, and I'm a stalker, and you don't want to work with me line. And so you have to be careful. But let's say you're interviewing at a startup, and there's a huge announcement of funding while you're in this waiting game. What a perfect opportunity to reach out to the hiring manager, copying the recruiter, saying, congrats on the funding. That's so great. I remain really excited about your company. And obviously with all the press today, I'm sure you're slammed, but I'm so excited to hopefully be part of the journey or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can be top of mind without being a stalker and that works in your favor. Right. So you, you don't want to send like in a bouquet of balloons oh. expressing, expressing your gratitude and interest in the position. Not a best practice. Oh, and thank you notes. Yes. Box of cookies. No. Right. Case of wine. Well, for me, yeah, but no, <laughs> um, you know, like actual gifts too much. Yes funny email or every article you've seen on them, you comment like, no. Mm -hmm. This is the time to really just chill. Chill as much as you can. If you need to sit on your hands so you're not making phone calls that you want to make, mm -hmm. uh, do that. No more than follow up once a week. It's pretty basic. And making a change in a job is one of the top five big changes, life changes that cause stress. So, you might find yourself with some anxiety that you weren't expecting. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. Again, couple deep breaths and just chill as much as you can. Be interested, but not overly interested. Mm -hmm. And follow up once a week, not more than that. And that's where, you know, not stopping looking really mm -hmm. comes into play also because you're still looking, you're still exploring. So you're not just sitting by the phone waiting. You know, back to my favorite dating analogy, yeah. keep dating until you're ready to commit. And guess what? If you are dating, right? If you are if you are out there actively interviewing and say you have a um, in the interim time between you know maybe the first interview you had with the company that you're waiting to hear back about where it's going to go, maybe you've had two or three interviews with another company. Perfectly okay to go outside of that once a week boundary to give an update on your search. Hey, just wanted to let you know, I've had three interviews with X company. By the way, it's okay to say what company. You, know, you don't have to be cagey about the company that you're interviewing with. That's just my opinion. But mm -hmm. go ahead and, and share that and give them an update because a good recruiter and a good hiring manager will expedite the process. If they're interested in you, you'd be amazed at how quickly they can make things happen, but they need to be kept in the loop with your search. 
I love it when someone talks about saying, hey, I have an offer and I have to get them back to me by Friday. Can you get back to me by Thursday so I can make a decision? Either I can or I can't. But, you know, that can be a, a, a game that you play. It, you don't want to you don't want to mess with it. You want to be truthful. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that can get things across the finish line because they don't want to lose you. And there's something mentally about, whoa, 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 wait, I don't want them to go to someone else. It's perfectly okay if you do get an offer from another company to say, I'm, you know, thank you so much for the offer. I am super, super excited about this opportunity. I think it's a very good fit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm also in the process with another company, and this is a really important move for me. And I'd really like to get back to you in a week. Will that be okay? It's okay to ask for a week. People get pressured to make decisions. And the worst thing you want to do is say yes and get an offer from another company that you wanted to work for more and then renege on that offer. Bad. It's bad for your reputation. Well, and it's just bad karma. (laughs) And bad for your reputation, right? It's both. So it's perfectly okay to ask for a week. Mm -hmm. And if a company isn't willing to give you a week to make this kind of important decision, there's some information for you about the kind of company that you might be working for. But Kat, I will warn you of one thing. So I know some recruiters that use that as a tactic to close because some companies really look at recruiter metrics and closing and all these other things mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. And so some recruiters use that and the hiring manager wouldn't use that. And so if the recruiter uses that uh. and you have a really good relationship with the hiring manager, Assuming there's a verbal offer or a written offer out there already, you may want to go back to the hiring manager and be super open and honest and say, they told me they have to have an answer today. I'm expecting another offer in the next 36 hours. You're my number one choice, but I feel like I need to see this through. Is it okay? Can I have an extra three days? It's very hard when you ask a favor and then turn someone down. But the more honest you can be, the better. If it's not your first choice, you may risk letting that go. You may not. It, you just have to be careful how many favors you ask if it's not going to be a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Because that if someone has waited a week and a half for you and then you turn them down, They've got other candidates on the bench that they may have moved uh-huh. forward and they could have lost. And so uh-huh. it, it's, again, the faster everyone can move, the better. But sometimes at the end, this gets really complicated and it's already been a little bit drawn out for whatever reason. You have to be careful what you ask for. And you, uh-huh. I would only ask that favor if I think that that's really where I want to be. If I'm using it to play it off another company... It, it's harder to ask for extensions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crappy to ask them to wait and then turn them down. Yeah. So when do you give up? Say the company is ghosting you and hasn't looped back and you've done everything we've suggested here. Mm-hmm. When do you give up? I would say if you've reached out to the recruiter and the hiring manager and heard nothing back, they're not that into mm-hmm. you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. They're lost. Next. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Thank you, next. And I'm always going to get philosophical on this. If it doesn't work out, there's a reason it's not working out. Take it as a sign and move on. That means that there's something better. And this whole process brings you your one, one interview closer to getting your offer. Mm-hmm. 
when we were selling our house, I, I used to say that every time, cause I was cleaning and all, you, you know, you oh, know, it's, it's exhausting, right? Awful. But every time I did it, I said, we're one open house or one showing closer to the buyer. And so every time I did it, I'm like, even if this isn't it, we're one step closer. Yes. And that's how the job search works too. And so if they ghost you, if the buyer doesn't buy, you know, that's a sign that that wasn't the one for you. And maybe the, the, the right job is around the corner. And so, yeah, don't, don't pound on a door that's not opening. It, it's not going to work. And extra pounding, not going to get no, you. In job. fact, it's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, most industries are small communities. Liz and I have worked with some of the same people, even crossing industries, right? You don't want to be a difficult candidate at any point in the process because unfortunately people remember the difficult people more than the people who are easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And you just don't want to get branded that. I'm in. Stay positive. We all have short lists or sometimes not so short, depending if after 15 years in the business of people I would never hire for anybody ever. Mm-hmm. I have a list. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's because of their behavior. Yep. There's reasons for it. Mm-hmm. You are kind, you are fair. And if they're on your list, there's a reason for it, period. You know, if you would say stay away, I don't have to ask why. Oh yeah. And that has happened with hiring managers. Oh, do you know so-and-so? Yep. We're not going to move forward with them. Moving on. And that is a behavior-based thing. It has nothing to do with the person's intelligence or experience. Another reason not to burn a bridge with a recruiter mm-hmm. because in many cases, they wield a lot more power than you might give them credit for. So you've actively interviewed, you've followed all advice, you've got irons in the fire, and now it's time for multiple offers. How do you handle it? Like, how, how, do, you, mm-hmm. how do you choose? Kat, how, how do you choose? You've been interviewing, you've got three finalists. They're all good for different reasons. Mm-hmm. What, what's next? What do I do? Well, hopefully at the front end of the job on episode two, if you want to review, (laughs) Uh, at the front end of the job search, you've put together a list of all of the ideal qualities that you're seeking Mm -hmm. in this next role that you take. You want to refer back to that because that is your point of clarity and you do a pro and con list. Mm -hmm. I sit people down and, and we look at each opportunity and check off the list, see what they have, what they don't have, the pros, the cons. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to make a commitment. Mm Kind of quickly, but this Mm -hmm. is board of advisors time. This is is where you go to your person that knows you so well. But yes, that pro and con list, it does not look at the fancy snacks that you saw. Mm -mm. Unless fancy snacks was like on your must-have list, then it looks at the fancy snacks. But we can get blinded by all kinds of things throughout the search. And so it is so important to go back to, wait, what is important to me? And pros and cons of eat. It's like house hunters <laughs> when they do the three right. to each other and they like, does it have a living room? Does it have four bedrooms? And none of them have all three checks, right? But then they weigh it out. And so this is your house hunters moment where you're, looking at what was really important and seeing which role has it. Sometimes that's the clarity that you need, Mm -hmm. but maybe you feel a little muddled still after that. Then you go to your board of advisors. Hopefully they can clear it up. What are some other things to look at, Kat? Well, I think you have to really look at the total comp as part of that list 
Total compensation for most companies is more than just your salary, okay? Often there's a bonus component and you want to do some homework around that. Tell me about the historical bonus payouts. What's the bonus based on? Mm -hmm. Do you pay it out? Mm -hmm. What part is on company performance? What part is on my performance? Who decides my bonus? All of those things. What's my target bonus percentage? Mm -hmm. Is that negotiable? No, it's usually not. No, it's usually (laughs) built into the pay grade of the position, Mm -hmm. the grade level. Mm -hmm. There might be equity. You know, most tech companies Mm -hmm. have an equity piece and some other companies do as well. But other things like, what's your commute looking like? What, What are the benefits? And what does the vacation package look like? What is the PTO? What kind of holidays? You want, you want to just kind of lay it all out so that you can see it on paper because when you get something on paper, it's a lot easier than kind of making that decision when all the details are in your head. And benefits, you think healthcare, dental, you know, vision, accidental death and dismemberment. Like, but there are benefits. Like, I mean, places have mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff now. They have services to pick up your laundry. They have meals. I mean, you know what? If you can eat lunch at your company every day and you don't have to pack the lunch and you don't have to buy a lunch, that adds up really fast. Or there's a gym on campus, mm-hmm. so you don't have to belong to a gym. I mean, or gym discounts. A lot of companies have wellness programs. I put together one of those for one of the companies that I work for. It was super fun. Just find out what they all are because you want to list it because that could make a difference. I have a client who has a mindfulness benefit where they give people $500 towards mindfulness. Now, I don't care if they use that to go to the movies or to take a meditation course. The co-founders wanted them to all have to take a meditation course. I'm like, uh, we can't mandate that. <laughs> the mindfulness, it talked to culture, all these things. But that was a great little benefit that everybody got that isn't probably listed in the list of benefits, but what a, what a nice yeah. thing and what that says about culture. Yeah, that says that it's pretty forward thinking and that they value your mental health and they want to make sure that you stay calm and have time, you know, learn how to be mindful, learn how to breathe, all of that stuff. That, that speaks volumes to the company culture. But ultimately, you have to look at all of that stuff. Do they give commuter benefits? I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to skin the cat. And when you're looking at total comp and there's something that's a disconnect, like I had an offer last week where the current benefits deductible that the person was at was a little bit more than the new company. Mm. So we gave a signing bonus to make up for it. So there's ways to get around things like that, but you really have to look at total comp and compare around that. Mm-hmm. And if one's a 45 minute each way commute, one's a 15 minute each way, that's part of the total compensation and the total picture and not to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. So you've got to really look at that and be able to compare on that front as well. It's a total lifestyle compensation look. Mm-hmm. And then you figure what of those things are most important mm-hmm. to you and star those. Yes. And you weigh those heavier. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that the things that are important to you are in alignment mm-hmm. with the job offer. Mm-hmm. And that's part of knowing you, you know, knowing who you are and what you need and what you need to be successful. And we all, that's a different equation for all of us. Oh, and I would say that when you get that offer, you can say, how did you get there? Like, you know, why did you offer me that? And hear what they say. Oh, well, that is the top of the range for our company. Mm -hmm. And I hear you on that. Or you really have to look at where 
it is and how they got there. And really think of that. And people think cash is king. Sometimes it's not about cash compensation. You also have to look at your opportunity. Like, oh, can I become a manager? Or can I get to that next level? Or is this role strategic? And right now I'm stuck in the tactical and I'm dying for a more strategic role. Mm-hmm. Whatever, if is, does this role have flexible hours? You know, maybe I work at a, st- a retail store, and but my hours aren't flexible. And this new role, the hours are flexible. Phenomenal. That's number one on your list. That's amazing. Even if it's for 50 cents less an hour, if that's the delta for what you really need, fantastic. Think of all of those things when you're weighing them. So if there's a job that's your first choice, Kat, but there's something missing in the offer, what do you do? You express excitement about the offer, the company, the team, the manager, all of it. And then let's say that the offer came in a little bit lower than what you needed, five or 10K less. It's okay to say, you know, I was really, I was really hoping for X and I'm wondering, is that possible? And then you shut up. Mm-hmm. You stop talking. You ask the question, you shut up. Mm-hmm. I think you can even go one step farther. I love you. I love everything. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I was hoping for $5,000 more in the base salary. Mm -hmm. If I get that, I will sign today. I think that when you're going back and negotiating, and you can negotiate. Now, again, like we said, bonus percentages, probably not negotiable. Amount of vacation, probably not negotiable. Lots of things are not negotiable. Certain things are. And if they tell you they're not, they're not. And if they come in with a final offer, you may not want to have that conversation. But if an offer comes through and it doesn't say best and final offer, ask for what you want. And I think that's a really good point. If you if you can shift that, if you can shift that to this number, I'm signing today. Mm-hmm. I'm signing right now. And if not, uh, you know, let me think about it. And then shut up. Like so, if if I get this. You know, I will sign right up right now and then shut up and see what they say. And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I have to ask. Wonderful. Get back to me. You know, thank you so much. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're so grateful at every time they like, mm-hmm. you're the best. Look at you. You're, oh, you're so wonderful. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. But if they don't get it for you, Kat, then what? Then you have to decide. You weigh it all out. If it has everything and the growth potential and a boss who could be like a mentor and a bunch of wonderful perks, then you have to ask yourself, can I live with this? Mm -hmm. You know, can I go to work every day and be excited about my job? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be angry spice? Exactly. Exactly. Am I going to start my relationship with this new employer as a bitter employee? Mm -hmm. And that's a soul searching question. That is, you have to go deep on that one. And Trust your response to it. If you can't be good about it, don't accept the offer. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to walk away. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you ask for something and they give it to you, you're signing. Yeah. Don't be an ass. Mm-mm. If you say you're going to sign, if they give you what you ask for, you sign the darn contract. You sign the offer letter. And trust me, if you, <laughs> if you do that, if you, you know, if you try to negotiate again after, after you've already asked, you're looking like a jerk. And people don't forget it. 
and they might rescind the offer. Oh yeah. I've seen it happen. If you negotiate too hard, Mm -hmm. if you negotiate too hard, they might rescind the offer. And I would say, don't counter their initial offer unless you are willing to accept it. I think that's just general best practices. It's okay to ask someone to wait for a day or two, weigh out two offers and negotiate one, but don't negotiate both. Negotiate the one that you really want to take if you feel like you're under, Mm -hmm. but don't negotiate multiple offers. That's good advice. Yeah. Treat others how you want to be treated, ultimately. Going back to the golden rule. That's my favorite. Cool. You know, at this odd time, Kat, let's think, what what else can we impart on them during this? We're acknowledging it's frustrating. It's hard. It's takes patience. Yeah. I mean, be patient and believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. These are two essential skills that you have to leverage mm-hmm. on your job search. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's rough. Sometimes you meet jerks in the process who don't know how to interview. I once had an interview Gosh, going in as a senior person, very qualified for this role. The hiring manager spent 10 minutes with me. Awesome. I was really clear. This is not the job for me. Mm -hmm. This person didn't take time to get to know me. (laughs) Their loss. Their loss. You know, it's not your fault if a company promotes a crappy person to be a manager. Nope. It's not your fault. But it's your choice whether or not you want to work for their manager. And that's on the company to deal with the quality of the people they get when they have a a non-strong leader. Yep. So, you know, be prepared that be prepared that there may be some hiccups like that along the way, but just trust that eventually you're going to land in the right place and do your best to keep the job that you have now, even though if you can't, even, even if you can't stand it because you're just in a better position. Absolutely. So we want to hear your stories. I am dying for people to send us their like awesome recruiting job search stories and they're terrible recruiting job search stories. I really want those. And they're questions. Questions. They're questions. Questions or sticky situations that you're currently navigating at work. Who knows? Maybe we'll even invite you to be a guest and we can talk through some of this stuff with you. Absolutely. So you can email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. We are at realjobtalk on Twitter. And of course, there's Kat and I are personal. You can get us on LinkedIn. You can get us on Twitter. I'm Liz B. Consult and Kat. And I'm at Daily Cat. So send us your stories. Send us your questions. We would love to share them. And until next time, thanks so much for listening. See you next time.